Well, hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Off Air. This is uh, a podcast that Nick Stewart and myself, Tim Rubin, put together every week. It's about news, sport, and pop culture. And basically, we pick the top three stories of the week and we rip them to shreds and try and figure out what the hell is going on in the world. Um, Every single week, the stories are picked by me, Tim Rubin, and they are a total surprise to Nick Stewart, but I like to let you know what's coming up around the corner so you can strap yourselves in. Um, this week, oh, it's been some, there's some big stuff and we're getting a little bit Hollywoody actually this week. Story number one, we're going to do Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith and all of this cheating scandal. And I think there's, a, there's an aspect to this story that people are not talking about enough. We're going to get into that. Uh, plus, Scooby-Doo, there's some news coming out saying that one of the characters was secretly a lesbian. And I want to talk about the whole let's come out retroactively, um, this thing that's been happening through pop culture maybe in the last year or so. Personally, not a huge fan. And then lastly, we're actually going to play a game. We're going to play Two Truths, One Lie, Coronavirus Edition. That's all on the other side of this on Off Air. Tim, Nick, yeah, let's with Nick and Tim. It's real talk, yeah. it's real walks. This ain't gossip, it's just what we say when we're off air. It's real talk, it's real talk. Just two opinions, we spit what we say. We off air, it's real talk. It's true talk. It's two opinions, we spit what we say yeah. when we off air. Welcome to Off Air. We are connected. It's the 15th of July. Hello, Nick Stewart, my friend. How are you? Very well, thank you, mate. I've had a good week. I, uh, if you were listening or you're a consistent listener, I was quite sick last week. I was a bit run down. Uh, thank you for asking. Yes, I'm fine. I'm going okay. No coronavirus. I have the text message to prove it. Um, and what I love the most uh, about this week is not that you are feeling healthier, but if you are a consistent listener, Nick, you sound much clearer this week. Well, I hope. You see, why do you sound clearer? Disclosure. Nick? Well, I don't listen back to myself. Uh, <laughs> Why do you sound You clearer? did point out that the, well, the past two podcasts, I think we might have been using the microphone on my shitty $10 headphones uh, as opposed to the $200 mic that I have access to. Uh, I think the settings were wrong. <laughs> so Nick has been speaking into his $200 Rode microphone but the the little tiny little bubble in the headphones that has a little microphone in it, you've had it on the wrong setting. So that's what's yeah. been recording the sound. And that's why for the couple last couple of weeks, you've <laughs> sounded like you're back on the phone again. Um, I got to apologize because you told me to go have a listen to it because uh, I, I don't listen to our podcast. I don't like the sound of my own voice. I went back and listened to it. I think I made it through two and a half minutes. Uh, <laughs> rang you and I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> How has anyone been enduring this? So we're very sorry. And um, yeah, look, we never said that tech was our strong point. It's great to have you clear again. <laughs> Thank you. The first of many public apologies, I'm sure. Um, um, should we jump into, <laughs> let's jump into um, Nick Picks, because that's kind of a fun way to find out what we've been up to over the week. Um, do you have a, a Nick Pick? What's your recommendation from the week? What have you been reading, learning about, watching, whatever? Gold this week, Tim. It's it's gold. And it's, so Facebook uh, brings up people's birthdays every day. Yes. I actually discovered this because it was your birthday last week. Happy birthday. Thank you very um, much. I'm 31. Ugh. It's a weird age, isn't it? Your early 30s. You're just in that blanket area. But my nitpick is having discovered this birthday feature, it is a tremendous way 
to cull your friends. Because if you if if you check it every day and you're like, ah, I wouldn't wish them a birthday, I literally just immediately have started deleting people off Facebook. And my numbers are plummeting, Tim. On I their never birthday. On their birthday. Does that, does that see, does it seem harsh? <laughs> I mean, it seems harsh, but it's also brilliant because they're going to be inundated with birthday messages. So it's not like they're going to notice on that day of all days. I mean, they're, they're not exactly. Wow. Happy birthday to you. See you later. You're culled from the list. Oh, they wouldn't care anyway. They don't like me. Uh, like, let's face it. You've just got, you know, that guy that you sat next to in chemistry mm. in grade 11. What He doesn't need to see my life and I don't need to know that he's got three dogs. It's fine. How many, Let him go. How many friends have you got on Facebook? Oh, it's bad. It's like 770 or something. Is that and bad? Like not to a lot or too many? No, I'd like to have, well, in my... In my life, I reckon I talk to about 25 people. Okay. So I the, the other 750 people contributing nothing. So, See, I view Facebook very differently to you. I like having everybody on Facebook. Um, and when you speak about like the, you know, that guy that you sat next to in chemistry, I have this really bad habit of um, getting drunk, telling stories about high school and then going, you know what? I'm going to message that guy right now. And I'll message, and I'll tell a story. I'll be like, there was a guy's name was Robert. He brought a knife to school once. And I'll be like, let's let's send him a message. And then like a day later, I'll get a message from Robert. And um, I, I won't bring up the knife, but I'll just be interested to know what he's- Oh, I was going to say, that would be even funnier. Like if, if, you're, if I get, Although that said, that completely defeats my whole concept around like, I was having a chat with someone during the week and mm. I was saying, you got to remember that like, you know that thing that you've been beating yourself up over when you were in grade 10? No one else remembers that. No one, no one, no one's thinking about that moment. So just let it go and move I on do. with your life. I'm Meanwhile, about Tim it. Rubin in the background is messaging I'm, these people, being like, remember when you were a dickhead in grade 10? I'm telling I do. I don't even I, I don't only remember it. I still talk about it and I want people to know the weird yeah, shit I'm that you did in high school. People about yeah. your awkward situation yeah. in a random pub. So that story, <laughs> legit, there was a guy. I've already said his name, so anyway. You can't go you can't put the genie back. I won't say his last name. Um, brought a knife to school in like year ten, told us that its name was Mother Pearl, and like it had a name, and threatened some of us with it in the stairwell. And we just thought it was nuts. And what were you, what did you do to incur a knife? I don't know. I don't think a lot. I think he just wasn't a part of our social group and like wanted. He was like a little bit weird. And now he's like- I a had a friend that owned a lot of knives as a teenager and then he went on to the military and now he owns a lot of guns. So I'm not going to name him. I, I'm not going to say what Robert does now because I don't want to be too incriminating and have people be able to figure out who this guy is. But all I'll Runs say- Runs a knife shop. The king <laughs> no. of knives. He owns a king of knives. All I'll say is the guy's too successful for what he was like in school. Like he's way no, more. They're the best ones, he's though. Much That's more successful story. than I am, and the, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, who's the loser now? Like, Tim your mum would uh, be happy if your sister was like, "Yeah, this is Robert. He's coming around for dinner." Yeah, she'd be like, "Oh, what an upstanding guy!" Like, no stockbroker once tried to knife a bunch <laughs> of kids <laughs> in a stairwell. Up. Yeah, Mother Pearl. Great recommendation. I like that. Although I'm not going to do it because I like building. I like um I like connecting with those people. Yeah, you're a little people. networker. You're one of those annoying people that actually enjoy talking to people. Yeah, and I message them because I think it's funny. Okay, you want to know my Nick pick? Yes, my Nick pick. Um, 
I'm a big fan of the true crime, um, like anything, like podcasts and Netflix shows and things like that. There is probably my favorite true crime story that has gone up on Stan, I would say, since um, Making a Murderer. And it's, okay. called, and it's called Outcry. It's gone up on Stan. Incredible story. Amazing, amazing story. Um, it's a, it's very confronting. It's the story of this incredible high school footballer who was just like the star kid. He'd already signed with a college when he was like 15, 17 or like really, really young. And then all of a sudden he gets arrested for um, super aggravated sexual assault of a minor. So doing something to a four-year-old, which is obviously oh, in, like very serious, yeah. very confronting. Um, and it's about his trial process and um, what's incredible about it is, A, the story is just, um, I mean, the story is huge. Um, and secondly, these guys filmed it. Uh, the story spans over about six years. And I think they filmed for six years because they are right on it at the start. And it goes all the way up until the end. So the fact that you're literally there when like he is opening emails from the courts and da da da, and the family and this and that, like it is very, very well told. So Outcry and it's on Stan. That's my Nick pick of the week. Good pick. I'll give it a go. Should we do story number one? Let's do it. Story number one. Jada Pinkin Smith and Will Smith address cheating rumors with much younger singer August Al- August Alcina. Nick, here are the dot points. So Jada um, is obviously Will Smith's wife and Jada mm. and Will both did a Red Table episode. And this is kind of like Jada's, um, it's her YouTube talk show that she's created. It's called Red Table. Normally they interview other people, but for this one, Will kind of plays the role of the interviewer and he interviews Jada talking about uh, the time in their lives, which is from a few years ago, where they actually went through a separation. So they were separated in their marriage. And during that period, she had a fling with a much younger budding singer who was actually a friend of her son's. Um, Jada is currently 48. Uh, August is 27. That's the name of the singer. So there's a 21-year age difference. It's a very sticky story. Uh, Nick, I feel sure that you've seen this one kicking around. Yeah, I've seen this floating. Well, I've seen it floating around uh, weirdly on my Instagram, uh, which I don't use very often, known as Nick. If you want to follow it, feel free to. There's no content there. Um, uh, it's, I follow a lot of basketball pages. Uh-huh. And obviously, uh, Will Smith being a prominent member of the African-American community, um, he is uh, a role model for a lot of young black men over in America. Uh, and basketball having a lot of young black followers, uh, they've made him into a bunch of memes off the back of really? this. Basically just, yeah, ripping into him, questioning his manhood. Um, it's so, it's it's a very raw and brave thing to do, to, to, especially for people in that A-list level of celebrity. Yeah. And I'd say like they're old Hollywood celebrity yeah. in terms of like your Brad Pitts and your Leonardo DiCaprio's where there's that air of, there was always that air of mystery that doesn't exist anymore. Like now we're into the Kardashian culture of celebrity, where you, where can you see know everything literally. Exactly. Everything. Yeah, if you want to see Whereas, this, her naked boom, there it is. If you want to see what she has for breakfast, boom, there it is. But yeah, those older when they were, yeah, the old famous person, yeah. uh, where there was that. So it's really, it, it's been really revealing to watch Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, and their children. And her mum's been on this show in the past, really rip apart their home lives. And I guess 
in a way, what they're trying to do is show that they have problems that everyday people have. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know if they're succeeding at that because these are, these are very celebrity problems to have. Um, I just think that I would, if I was either of these two people, I would have kept it behind closed doors. I understand that they were trying to get in front of the, uh, in front of the headlines because this young guy, in my understanding, is he did an interview where he talked about this, yeah, at length. But but would you be comfortable? You're in a you're in a a healthy relationship with your partner. Mm. Would you be comfortable sort of ripping these band aids off for the world to see? Oh my God. Wow. I, I hadn't even thought about what I would do if I was going through this. I mean, I can't relate because the level of, I, you know, in radio and I've left now, but like we share an element of our lives. Um, but the level of intensity and scrutiny that these guys come under is like a million billion times what you and I would ever experience in our kind mm. of like local well-known character roles that we play or have played through our jobs. Would I do this? Um, Well, what options did they have? Because obviously the story was coming out regardless and there were photos of all of these things. So they had to do something. So your options are deny, which is going to be very, very hard for them to do because there are photos and there was a song about it and there was all of this stuff. Um, Mm. Or accept it. And I guess if they were to accept it, if they said, yeah, I had a full-blown affair, it's going to really destroy their marriage and destroy um, the way that people view their marriage, which I know is not the number one thing, but at the same time is important when, you know, these guys are a brand and their family is a brand. So the idea of jeopardizing that I think would be very dangerous for them. So the other option is just show everything and go, yep, there was a period where we said, we are separated. You can do what you want to do. I can do what I want to do. And this is what happened. I think that's the only thing that they could do. Yeah, but you can do it in a statement. Like Will Smith looks, he, he, he I've watched parts of this interview. Yeah. I have not watched the whole thing. I've watched it. He he looks physically and emotionally affected throughout the interview. Yeah. He, he, it is still obviously a very raw thing as, as infidelity is in any form of relationship. Let me, what's your... Uh, Everyone has their deep yeah. down. I think everyone has their "would you take someone back" thing. What's where do you stand with that? Would I take somebody back if I'd been through this? I think. Yeah. I mean, it's very hard for me. Like, uh, like Ellie and I have been together for a year, and my longest relationship is three years, and so mm. um, I can't comprehend what it is to have a relationship with somebody where you have built your entire life. I mean, your life, your career, your family, like this person has built so much with you that one, you know, if you have a car and you drive it for 20 years and there's one problem with it, you don't say that's it. We're throwing away the the car. If you like, I know that it's not a great metaphor. That is a terrible analogy. (laughs) (laughs) Or someone else gets in it and drives it. But I, th- I think uh, I think what they have built is so much bigger than the tarnishing of one um, a, a cheating experience, and especially it's not even I wouldn't even call this cheating because they were in a period of time where it sounds like they were. It sounds very vague. The period of time sounds very vague. I think it's really interesting. I've been in a relationship for seven and a half years. I'm engaged. We're getting married next year. We've we've uh, lived in a lot of places together. We've traveled the world together. Um, I think 
that if you'd asked 23-year-old Nick Stewart, yeah, uh, the answer would have been, no, I'd never take someone back if no. they cheated on me. There's a lot of ego there. And especially being a boy, there's a lot of masculinity yeah. at play there. Um, but seven and a half years into a relationship, I think that you do – uh, you probably separate. You probably even just separate sex from the relationship a little bit more over time. Yeah, and and I, in all honesty, if if my fiance did cheat on me, I, it's obviously always about circumstances and the situation and and the reasons behind that. But if it was a, a throwaway fling, I look, I probably would mm. stay with them. Um, but you don't want to admit that either because it's like giving someone a yeah. free pass. Yeah. It's such a inf- infidelity is such an all-consuming, interesting thing because people treat it worse than death, um, it, or they justify a lot of ill will after infidelity when really it's it's hard. People view it in so many different ways. Can I tell you the part of the story that actually stands out to me that I haven't seen a lot of media talking about and I'm really surprised by this? There's the part of this story that strikes me as very, very strange is not the, is, is not the fact that she uh, is the fact that they had a separation and that she went and, and had some form of relationship during this time. It's the circumstances around that relationship, around not her and Will's relationship, but between the relationship of her and August. And um, I need to be careful with how I word this because I never want to sound, I don't want this to come across as like men's rights activisty. Um, she was nurturing him, wasn't she? He'd had a breakdown and he was living in. This is the thing. Yeah. And if this had happened if there was a gender reversal in this entire story, I think we would be asking a lot of questions about the way that she behaved. So yes, he had had a breakdown. He's 21 years younger than her. She is an established person in the Hollywood world. He was a friend of her son trying to make it in the music industry. And this was because I watched the whole uh, Red Table thing um, because I wanted to see the way that she spoke about it. And she said some really alarming things to me. One of the things she said was, when Org first came around, he was really, really sick. I wanted to help him and his mental health. As time went on, it turned into a different type of entanglement with Org. I just wanted to feel good. And it was really a joy to just help help heal somebody. Now... This yeah. is pretty fucked. Like, here's a guy yeah, who was going through here's a guy who's going through a mental breakdown, who is in a bad state, so much younger. And I think that she if if the shoe was on the other foot and we did a gender reversal, we would say that this is really taking advantage of someone. If we said a 48-year-old man was hooking up with a 23 or 27-year-old girl who was a friend of uh his son or his daughter, um, and that that person was a celebrity. I like. I don't know. I, it happens though. Like celebrities are allowed to have sex with people. Yeah. And I think at twenty two years old, there's there's a difference between a twenty two year old and an eighteen year old. I think if he was eighteen, like I agree with you. I don't think Jada Pinkett Smith comes off looking like roses. And I I agree with you that it was really interesting the wording she used. Yeah. Um. But but I also do think that you know there is a balance of power. Uh, there is a, di- there, there is a difference and, and I don't know that it would be looked at as harshly. Like, um, I think it's really bad. You know, Ben, Ben, Ben Affleck banged the nanny. 
And how many other people banged the nanny? And they're not seen as sexual predators. Yeah, they're just but, seen as please bags. Yeah, but he was... Do you mean the nanny is in like Fran Drescher? The nanny? No, I mean as in the, the, their family as nanny. Their nanny. you could argue right. the same points. You don't know. She might have wanted to be an actress. I think it's a, like, I, yeah, it's a different... I, I don't know. I think that that's a different... No, no. Actually, no. I don't think that that's a different story. Like that is, a, that is also something that would come under a lot of scrutiny today. And I, I think... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. We should. I think that we should be questioning some of these things. And I think the way that we have been looking at a lot of situations that have come out of the Me Too movement, I don't ever want to take away anything from those conversations. But I think that we should be having these conversations about people as a whole. And I think that nobody should be having sex with somebody if they present themselves as going through some type of mental breakdown and that's how the relationship comes about as you are there as somebody's almost caregiver or helper. And I think that, Oh, I, it's really, I hard. think that no, it's like people turn, but people turn to people. Like what about a rebound? You no doubt you have been involved in rebound flings. Either you've had rebound flings or you've, uh, you 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 have had sex with people who are going through a rebound stage. Like, it, it, do you argue that that's the same as healing? I think that you're taking advantage of them. I don't think that it's healing. I think that that's taking advantage. No, I don't think it's healing either. I no. think people have sex. Like, every everyone on this yeah. planet has sex, and everyone this on this is, planet dies. Yes, but this is very damaging. Like, because in the interview that he gave, he said these these are his words. This is his quote. I totally gave myself to that relationship for years of my life and I truly and really, really deeply loved and have a ton of love for her. I devoted myself to it. I gave my full self to it. So much so that I can die right now and be okay with knowing that I fully gave myself to somebody. What does that even mean though? I think it means like, that this, he this saw is, it. Is, I think this it, is, we're getting bogged down in like a lot of love. It's such a wishy-washy thing. I think there's, it means that he there's... saw it as a real relationship and she took advantage of it and had a fling with someone while she was going through a rough point in her marriage. No, she might have seen it as a real relationship as well, but she's not going to sit there and say in front of her husband who she's gone back to like, yeah. oh, actually, that guy was the love of my life. Like at the end of a relationship, even if that breakup is mutual, one person cares more about the other person than the other person does. That's why the relationship ends. If both people still cared about each other, the relationship never ends. You know what I mean? There's always a falling out of some aspect when a relationship ends and this relationship ended. I think it's, yeah, I, I, I understand what you're saying and I definitely see elements to it, but I also think it's really hard these days to know whether someone should be crucified for their actions or not. Yeah. And I, and I, and it is a case by case basis. And I understand the argument you're making, but I don't know if that is, uh, fully applicable to like cancel Jada Pinkett Smith, which I know you're not suggesting. No, I'm not saying cancel um, it, but I think that it should be looked at. I think it's interesting. Yeah, and that's fair. Should, it's a fair comment to make. Should we put it to bed? I think we disagree. Let's do it. Story number two. Story number two. Story number two. Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo producer Tony Savone confirms that the character Velma is in fact a lesbian. Uh, the dot points are Tony has jumped onto Instagram. He's done a post. He said, I've said this before, but Velma from Mystery Incorporated, which is the name of the Scooby-Doo series, is not bi. She is gay. We always planned on Velma acting a little off and out of character while she was dating Shaggy because that relationship was wrong for her and she had unspoken difficulty with the why. Nick Stewart, I am so over this thing that has been happening in the last couple of years where characters retroactively magically become way more diverse than they were when they were being created. I know. Isn't I'm it funny? It. Because it's happening. 
happened it's happened recently as well with um what what's the name of that? high school musical where they went back and said the character who was obviously gay uh we just what's interesting about it is that they like all these directors and and writers come out now and say the studios wouldn't let them right they say that the studio the the, the 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 studio advised them that it wouldn't sell uh which you know there's a way where we can look back on this and judge people or there's a way where we can be like well, let's pat ourselves on the back because in the in the period of 20 years or 15 years, clearly the world has become so much more accepting of homosexuality, which is a weird thing because it's cyclical anyway. Like there was, there's been periods of time where humans have not given a shit about homosexuality. Yeah. Like, so, like- and there's been times where, you know, the, it, it, people, you know, there's the old bullshit sayings of like, you know, the the Greeks invented sex and the Romans invited women. Um, <laughs> like, what you like, yeah. It you have had more access to acting and mm-hmm. and the influence of that world and the and the Hollywood world. It, it has it always seemed weird to you that like Hollywood has almost, in some ways, despite the fact it has such a diverse and it is so open in terms of the cohort of people involved in mm. it. Sometimes the actual end product has been more stifled than society, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And I think that we're seeing that change um, hugely at the moment. And I think that that's really important. Um, I think, though, that I I just get annoyed. I don't think that we can pat ourselves on the back so much for saying that these, th- these characters were secretly diverse at the time. Um, no, no, I'm not saying... No, sorry. Just to, just to clarify, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying yeah. is like... I'm happy that if Scooby-Doo was made now, uh, Velma would just be allowed to To be be a lesbian. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. But do you think that this is, because these stories keep on happening where um, like we found out that uh, it happened twice in Harry Potter. Dumbledore was gay. We found that out a few years ago. Was he? Yeah. Did you not know that? Dumbledore's gay. Oh, I don't know. He's he's definitely not trans, is he? (laughs) (laughs) J.K. Rowling has come out saying that Dumbledore was gay. She's also said, um, I think there's like, uh, she said that Hermione was black. And. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I got to say, I've seen the movies. uh... No, but if you see the musical, you know what the musical, the theater show, uh, Hermione, the character is black. I don't understand all of these people jumping on bandwagons and changing things retrospectively. I think that either characters are diverse at the time that they're written and created. And I, by the way, I want diversity in these in these shows and in the casting of Mm. these shows, but I don't think that you can say retrospectively, Oh, P.S. Velma was gay. Weren't we great and progressive? No. If you make no, you oh yeah, no. If you make <laughs> her so not gay that you need to do a statement years later, then you weren't actually a part of the solution at the time. It either is clear enough to viewers at the time that something is being made, or it's not. And the fact that he even says in that quote, "We always plan on Velma acting a little often out of character while she was dating Shaggy." She was dating guy characters. Like, yeah. like, and also, like, didn't wouldn't make she be often out of character because she's the thinker of the group and Shaggy is so obviously a stoner? She's a fucking stoner. <laughs> just <laughs> talks to a dog and lives in a van and like, eats Scooby snacks. I'm sorry. Yeah. The man is eating dog food. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Literally. I just, I'm just getting over. I think that we need to be progressive in the creation of work. 
And I think that people trying to jump on bandwagons retrospectively, I'm over it. Like if somebody comes out and says, you know, Mickey Mouse was actually a Black Lives Matter activist, it doesn't matter. He wasn't at the time. Like if you watch well, this, I'll give you the hot tip. He definitely wasn't then. And he, <laughs> if you want to look into, if you, if you, if Mickey you want Mouse to look into people wasn't who like were a racist, Jew, Jewish lives matter like, activist. Uh, I would, uh, I would definitely not turn towards the Disney Corp in its early days. <laughs> Uh, no, I agree with you. I think it's ridiculous. And all art should be uh, viewed in in the prism of the time it was made. Yeah. Like I also feel strongly about that Yeah. In, in terms of you can't just go Faulty Towers was racist because when Faulty Towers was made, nobody said it was yeah. racist. Uh, nobody called out the Simpsons in the early 90s for a poo being racist. That was that it, it was probably uh uh, you know that that whole thing was wild. The the uh, 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 whether a poo is a racial stereotype or mm. not, he probably is. But who cares? Whatever. It's uh, I'm not going to delve into that here. But even it, it, it's it's and and it should be a representation of the feelings of those times. Like for example, the reason uh, if you look back at art from uh, the, you know the dark ages moving on. Um, it, it, a lot of the the male character, a lot of the males that are depicted in those paintings, first things first, you weren't allowed to paint females, but a lot of the males actually have very androgynous or, or feminine lines to their body. And that was because the artists at the time were trying to sneak in uh, an aspect of femininity into their art, but they were working under the prism of what they're allowed to do. And that sort of has to still be applied to art to this day. Yeah, right. So it's really, it, it, it's, 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 you know, it 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 acts as a bookmark in history, and if we go back and cancel this shit or change that history, you are changing the lessons we've learned, and that's not good. Yeah, I mean, but what you're saying is that we can appreciate this for the intentions of the artist, and so are you also saying that the intentions of the producers of Scooby Doo they wanted her to secretly be gay, so therefore she was gay? Well, if she kissed a chick, but did she, and if they, did if, she you, if you could produce scripts, like yeah. if she, if there was, if there was elements that showed her quandering those things, I guess, yeah, potentially like, like actually, yeah. If you look back at the, um, high, the high school musical example is uh-huh. obviously probably a better one because that, that character, uh, I haven't seen high school appeared. musical, so I just gotta, I gotta go. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So the character that, that they're saying now was gay, but they couldn't say it was gay at the time. Uh, he, you know, he, like, what do you say? Like, fucking, who has traits? I don't know. I'm, I'm going down a potentially very dangerous rabbit hole here, but he definitely seemed gay. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I think we all registered it on a subconscious level, if that makes sense. So p- potentially, maybe, yeah, that one I'm fine with because they were told that the studio wouldn't let them make that character openly gay. And the director of those movies is gay himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the movie was called High School Musical. Like, it's a pretty gay... It's the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> the whole premise. They're playing basketball and singing. Like, Yeah, that doesn't happen that often. I grew up playing a, a little bit of basketball. Yeah, never once did we break into song. It. <laughs> also, I think Zac Efron was about five foot one, so I'm, I question his uh, abilities as the high school like phenom at basketball great, as well. Yeah, great, yeah. <laughs> All right, should we move on? Final story. Yeah, let's do it. 
Okay, third story of the day. Story number three. Um, oh, Nick, I want to do something different for story number three today. I don't have one story, actually. I want to play a game with you. Are you ready? Multi-story. Oh, wait. Okay, yeah. Multi-story. Yeah, you're playing this. Um, the story is Corona, Two Truths, One Lie. Because there are, <laughs> there are so many this. wild Corona stories. I didn't know how to pick one. And so I thought I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot you three. And I want you to try and guess which one of them is not real. You might know. I love this. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Um, number one, COVID party. A 30-year-old man in the US dies of coronavirus after attending a coronavirus party where the goal is to get coronavirus. His last words to the nurse were, I think I made a mistake. I thought it was a hoax. It is not. Oh God. Okay. All right. Then, well, give me, am I, okay. So give me the other two okay, and that, then am I allowed to ask a couple of questions? Uh, maybe. That's story. That's okay. number one. Uh, number two, uh, four men from Victoria arrested after stowing away on a freight train headed for Perth out of Melbourne. They were trying to avoid the lockdown. That's story number two. <laughs> okay. Um, story number three, health experts in in. in India struggle to get the message out that giant worship sessions will not protect people from COVID-19 after a huge puja ceremony leaves 270 people testing positive. Oh, gosh. Okay. One of those stories is not real. To my knowledge. Can I ask one, one question about the first story? Sure. Did it happen in Florida? No. I reckon that's the lie. I reckon the first story is the lie. Nick, Stuart, you do very well every week in this podcast. I throw stories at you that you have no idea about, but you have not read up enough on the news for this one. Uh, a 30-year-old man did die in San Antonio Hospital. Nick, there's a thing going around in the States. Well, it's Texas. It's still the South. you got to go. Coronavirus parties are becoming a thing in America where, one per- where people who don't think COVID is real are hosting parties where they share drinks and everything with all the other people. And some of them are even uh, posting prize money for the first person who tests positive after the party. Well, look, honestly, Tim, all I can say is good on them. Uh, And I would encourage them, uh, anyone who is open or willing to attend these parties to do so. Uh, cause for me, it is, uh, the most pure form of natural selection we have seen in some time. Yep. <laughs> anything to thin the herd a little bit from the mindless morons oh that traipse across that land and oh, continue no. to vote in, uh, one of the most, uh, ego man, ego maniacal leaders of all time. Uh, you know, more power to them. I think, Get it done. I think we're getting a bit of a slogan for the show, which is, um, America's fuck America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should we just try and work that in every episode? Well, I guess America's fucked. Um, well, they are. Like, that's the thing. You know, it, it truly is magical that we get to sit in a part of time where we're witnessing the fall of one of the greatest civilizations amazing. of mankind. Amazing. Yeah. It is. Uh, so, look, it is believable. Uh, uh, oh, see, I don't know well, you're now already because out. you sneaky Victorians. Oh, like, okay. You, you still want to guess out of the final two? Well, I got a 50% chance now. Okay, but, you've um, already lost, but go for it. I mean, I do know uh, that India has been heavily affected as a nation by the coronavirus, which was always anticipated mm-hmm. uh, because of the high discrepancy between the wealthy and the poor yep. there and the living conditions of the poor. And um, I do also know that their leader has been quite vocal about... Take a guess. Coronavirus. 
I, I think the second story is a lie. I think that the, the Victorians would never go to Western Australia. If, I think if they were going anywhere, they'd be trying to get to Queensland. There's not enough good stuff in Western Australia. Nick, four men from Victoria were in fact arrested this morning oh after God. stowing away on a... They hid on a freight train out of Melbourne. They got caught in South Australia. They were trying to get to Perth. That's a real fucking story. Victor- like, fucking... Like, the... Cra- Are they miners? Are they... Mi- is that know. why they're doing it? Why would you try to get they from Victoria to, to Western Australia? They are just trying to get away. <laughs> Nick, the crazy story about health experts in India and the Puja is completely made up. The nuttiest people in the world right now are Victorians and Americans, and I say that as it is. Well, how are you Victoria. going down there, by the way? Because uh, d- full disclosure, I live in Queensland, you live in Victoria. Uh, what is that? Can we just quickly? Because uh, obviously those guys are complete dickheads, and it, it's amazing what is happening at the yeah. moment. But what is the general feel on the streets? Because you are, are currently based regionally, you go between Melbourne and. Bendigo. Well, I'm in Bendigo. Yeah, so uh, mm. we're not in lockdown. Um, I don't know, like, we just want to stay away from Melbourne. I think for the past, for a long time, people are like, oh, we're really close to Melbourne. Now we're just distancing ourselves. And even on the weekend, it was my birthday and Ellie and I went to, um, Dalesford and it was like packed. Like there are a lot of people in Dalesford. It's this really nice little, um, so set this in for what's down. Set sorry, this in for it's, me. it's a Dalesford? really cute little, um, like, uh, springs. They have like, they have like springs. Uh, spring water and baths and stuff that you can go into, okay. which are closed at the moment for COVID, but it's very nice. So you can do some nice walks and nice cafes and things like that. But anyway, Dalesford was packed and you're looking around and you're like, these fucking people are from Melbourne. There's no way all these people came from Bendigo or Ballarat or like other regional places. You can tell by the amount of Range Rovers and Kathmandu puffer jackets that these guys are <laughs> coming out of the eastern fucking suburbs of Melbourne and they're straight This is what I spreading their COVID. I, yeah, this is what I don't get, Tim. Is like to stay away from and regional and Victoria. Such- it's such an Australian thing to do is because we love like we're, we're a country of larrikins and we, you know, for different elements, we're very proud of our convict roots uh, and we love pushing the rules to the nth degree. But I do not understand the philosophy behind like, oh, Dan Andrews is uh, implementing a lockdown in a day and a half at midnight. So that means I need to, to do out. everything I possibly can prior to that lockdown. Yeah. It's like, no, it's like Donald Trump's theory behind, well, there's more cases because we're testing more. It doesn't matter if you're testing more. The cases exist regardless. Just like the cases fucking re- in Melbourne, re- they exist regardless. A lockdown in two days doesn't mean you need to travel the entire no. state and go to raves before it. Or try and leave the state. Like, newsflash, yeah. you're the problem. Get out of here. Get out of here. Queensland, we're doing okay at the moment. I am very fearful of a second wave. I bought it's uh, masks yesterday. It's coming. Uh, it is coming. It's going to hit Sydney. Sydney's got 20 new cases, I think they reported yesterday. So Sydney well, will And we be... just let in 250,000 people from that area. So yeah, you guys it's, it, it's going to be wild and we're all going to be in lockdown again. And But it is what it is. It was always an inevitability. But it, it it's frustrating to see the irresponsibility of some people. Uh, cause this is something we should take seriously. This is not a, a mind over matter thing. Uh, and again, it's worth, I don't know if we've ever done it on this podcast before, but it is not the coronavirus deaths that concern me. It's the, it's the possibility of our healthcare system being overwhelmed mm. and the byproducts of that. It's, it's someone getting involved in a serious car accident and then not being enough beds in the hospital. Mm. So they just dope them up and send them home to die. Whereas these are problems that could have previously been solved. So, you know, stay safe. If, if you're told to isolate, isolate. If you have the flu, 
or you're feeling fluey, don't be a dickhead. Go get checked. Don't be afraid of a thing uh, going up your nose. Don't think that they're stealing your DNA. None of these things are happening. We're very lucky as a country that we've been unaffected largely to this point. Uh, but America exists, Europe exists, Brazil exists, India uh, exists. We should take heed uh, and, and follow the warnings of the people that know better than us. I think we're pushing 40 minutes, so we should wrap this up. Uh, should we lock in the new catchphrase of the show? Should we say it together? Are you ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. America America's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening um like us uh hit hit subscribe so that you can catch our episode that comes out every single week this is off air bye